There, you know what? We played uh, we played the whole song that time. That's uh, probably what is my. Um, I'm gonna say this, okay? My one of my. He, I'm not, one one of mine doesn't really count. My favorite singer. I mean, this is the well from which it springs. That was Howlin' Wolf doing a Killing Floor, a Willie Dixon tune from like 1951. And if those guys hadn't done that stuff, none of us would be here. None really? of us. Really? Yeah, these guys kind of created rock and roll. They weren't, you know, they were rhythm and blues guys. You know, Willie Dixon and Holland Wolf and Muddy Waters created everything that no one in America except black people were listening to, but British kids were listening to it, like Lennon and McCartney and Jagger and Richards, and they loved it and based everything they did on it. Mm, interesting. So, and it's I like did, I didn't know that. That's one of the original tunes. It's Holland Wolf doing uh, Killing Floor. So, and you know what this is? This is uh, um, Eddie Ift. Hi, how are you? And well, he is at um, Rick loud. Bronson's House of Comedy. Uh, this one's not on fire. Um, you see, have you seen the fire in Canada? I did see it. Is that one near Edmonton? Um, I don't know if anything's near anything in Canada. Because last time I went to the House of Comedy in Edmonton, it was uh, I was running. Like, I get there and jog. I go for a jog. And I'm running around and everybody's got masks on. And I'm like, why is all these people wearing masks? And they were like, I went to the comedy club and they're like, oh, yeah, it's fire season. And we have big fires raging. And I was like, oh, yeah, for a run. And... They're like, you went for a run? They're like, that's, that's the <laughs> worst thing you could ever do. That's like that's like smoking like 20 packs of cigarettes and going for a run. Because you, you've lived in New York and Los Angeles, so uh, so air is, you know, yeah. you, don't really, you can't really care. Yeah, well. I don't know if the fire is near. I, I saw him. He did post something about raising funds or, or yeah. being involved somehow. So it's 100,000 people have been evacuated. It's tough, but, it, you know, I live in a fire area. Uh, I live, you live in Malibu. Yeah, and, yeah. and we have real fire danger and it's very sad when it happens but you also choose to live there um, yeah so i know i always say people go uh aren't you you know like it's a tragedy no it, it's not a tragedy i chose to live there i knew what i was putting myself sure. when the when the insurance companies told me they wouldn't insure my house i knew wow. that i was high risk you know that this, this is it house. an older house no it's just it's we're in fire area i know and, i know but i mean is it like an old kid you're like because you don't live you're not on you're not on the beach no 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 you gotta, you gotta make you gotta have kevin hart money to live on the beach yeah you, yeah I, I live in uh uh i live in house of comedy uh <laughs> uh the canyon there are places you can live on the beach that, I mean, this is eh. insane, but it, I mean, like... Uh, you I, live in a shoebox that... There's a shoebox, because every once in a while we would stay, for a long time, I used to, about once a month, I had to deal with these guys, with this guy, and I stayed once a month, right, uh, walking distance from Moon Shadows, Yeah, and it was just yeah. a studio, but yeah. it's right on the water, Yeah, but, but those yeah. places are five to seven grand a month. Yeah, it's about five to seven grand, and you live in, like, a studio, it's basically, a, and you're, the, the front of your house looks out over the ocean, and yeah. the back of your house... Uh, is the PCH where you walk yes. out two feet and you'll get hit by a car you'll and die. die. And so it's kind of like living on a cruise ship, but when you go into the hallway, cars come by at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> you know who lived right next door uh, to us but then moved out was uh, Dolly Parton. Wow. But we don't, you know, it's one of those things where you don't know if she ever actually lived there. You know how like, oh, some yeah, celebrities yeah, like, just yeah, yeah, yeah. buy they, a bunch of they've houses? They've got like five houses, yeah. yeah. I've got a lot of celebrities in my neighborhood, and they're weirdly, they're there. They're yeah. all there. And uh, I see them constantly. And Bob uh, Dylan lived up uh, on the hill someplace in Malibu at one time in a geodesic dome. I never saw his place. I, it's, You know, I, I don't really... 
I say I don't get into celebrities, but then I do. I, yeah. I, I, I do. I, I enjoy it. I think it's interesting to say, like, so-and-so lives there. Whenever people come to my house, I always tell them the celebrities that live in the yeah. neighborhood. And, I, and I'm not a, like... Uh, when I, like, meet celebrities, I don't treat them any differently than I treat, you know, yeah. like, the guy that, that takes out my garbage. I, I don't care. But for some reason, I feel like other people care. So I'm like, hey... You'll like this. It's like a reference point. Like if I had a waterfall down the street, I'd be like, hey, and down the street there's a waterfall. waterfall yeah. So I'm like, hey, down the street is Will Smith. You yeah. Know, like there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's something about the, the – it's like a, a reference point that all people know. When when you guys were looking uh, uh, at the house that you currently live in, did the uh, – uh, the agent who brought you in then tell you who had lived there prior? Uh, it's, it's, you know what's funny about that? Uh, so my friend is a celebrity that lives in the neighborhood uh-huh. and she we would go up to visit her and because it's like this it, it seems like another world where we live and uh we'd go up there and i was like this isn't la this is like crazy how this is like this hidden like it looks like remember the fall guy with yeah the, with uh Lee Lee Majors. Majors? You remember where he lived yeah that's what it's like yeah and uh, and I was like, where is well, this? Well, Mash was filmed not too uh, well, up up in those hills. Well, that's where I live, right? There. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. So so I was like, where is this place? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. So I remember like once being there with my girlfriend at the time, and it was my wife now, and I was like, this would be my dream to live here. I mean, like, mm-hmm. we could never afford to live here, but if we could, this is where I'd want to live. And then the next thing you know, I'm living there, and uh, so. My neighbor, who's the celebrity, was like, "Hey, let me get you a realtor. Yeah, my guy, he can he can make things happen." You know, you hear yeah. that, and you're like, "Yeah, whatever." Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, I've got a house there, and uh, uh, then one day he we're we now have to upgrade because we have uh, we have one kid and we want to have another kid, so you got to get a bigger house and you got to spend more money. Yeah. And uh, my wife goes, uh, uh, she goes, "Hey, t- uh, Tom, our realtor called with a." Pocket listing. Everybody talks about these pocket listings. I'm like, what's a pocket? I, listing? I'm not familiar with this. A pocket listing. So it's like some people don't put their houses out there for sale. Uh, it's like secretly sold. So we get this call one day. You got to go see this house. It's you know, it's, it's pocket listed. And we're like, okay. So what's the deal? They're like, well, the the uh, the owner's a celebrity, and he doesn't want people tramping through his house. Sure. So anyone like in the entertainment business. Because they'll be respectful of it. Yeah. And I'm like, obviously they don't know me. You know, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on the next podcast. I go on in uh, in Scottsdale and tell everyone about it. Come so, on, man. Who is it, man? So, so, uh, so I go to his house and it's uh, the drummer from Def Leppard. Oh, okay. The guy uh, yeah. with the guy with uh, uh, missing a wing. Yeah, missing yeah. a wing. And uh-huh. uh, and I kept making jokes the whole time walking around. I'm like, yeah, the doorknobs are on this side. You know, yeah. shouldn't they be on this a, side? I had a cheesy joke when I had. I go. I listen to the latest Def Leppard album, and there's something. Something just seems to be missing this time. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, and neither can he. And it was like, and I told it like twice. And I went, "That's all. I can't." <laughs> and I just told it a third time. So uh, yeah, I mean that's a great spot. You know where I? Uh, the last place I lived in Los Angeles was uh, uh, all the way over at the end of end of Topanga in the hills in Chatsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is similar, but you're not, you're not by ocean. But I lived over no, this canyon when there was a creek running through it. That's where I go to buy my wood. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah right there, uh, to, uh, right before you start to go up towards the 118. It's it's a giant, giant wood pile. Like, like when I say giant, it's like a five-story building of yeah. wood. And they, have, they stack wood. And I went there, like, I didn't know about wood. I didn't know yeah. when you buy wood, it's like buying wine. It is. And I go in to buy, and I'm like, hey... I want a quart of wood. And the guy goes, 
uh, well, do you want Douglas fir? Do you want uh, do you want elk? Do you want elm? Do you want uh, oak? Do you want the? And I was like, well, I want wood that burns in the fire. Well, some is a slow burn. Some is a colorful burn. Yeah. Some is a hot burn. <laughs> some is, a, and then you want a mixture. You know, we've got these hybrids over here that have this. And I'm like, oh, you're you're ruining wood like you ruined weed. <laughs> you know, like why are you doing this to me? So the guy's like telling me all about wood, and uh, I look at it, and uh, I go. Uh, was this, when you put this together, was this like Jenga? You know, like, <laughs> this looks like a giant Jenga set. And I was like, hey. And so the whole time, I kept going, what if I pull this one? <laughs> and the guy did not have a sense of humor. He's like, no. you would kill many people. And I go, then maybe you shouldn't stack wood up five stories high if people can die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's true. Have you, ever, have you ever made the horrible mistake of buying, like, um, uh, buying that log? Oh, that. You know, I at used the to be, store? I, I used to be scared of that log because I thought it was probably all full of chemicals and everything. But yeah. it's actually, like, super environmentally friendly. And uh, I thought... But it smells bad. It's, it's not real. But real wood... I was listening to Howard Stern talk about it one day, and he was saying real wood is, like, it's really bad for your lungs. And uh, what's even worse is if you have a fire with real wood and your chimney uh, has, like, clogged up and it yeah. goes throughout your whole house... And puts all the smoke alarms off and wakes your uh, five-month-old baby up. That makes your wife mad. Yeah, <laughs> that makes your wife. That yeah, and then ruins your whole house. Uh, I'm, I've done that. Sometimes though, those uh, uh, those logs that you buy at the store, they'll have different colors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. So that's because yeah. I, I had a fireplace in Chatsworth. It takes the whole like fun out of it. It's, it's yeah. fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's not real. Fires are the most amazing thing. Like I, I I've I've written a lot of screenplays and then the, the uh, writer's journey and a lot of the screenplay like formulas that they uh -huh. they write books on like how to write a screenplay and it's uh, there's like a there's a common formula to writing it. Like there's these like twelve things that a character. One of them is always like going to a fire and there's like I forget what it is I'm not good I always have to go over the notes and everything but it's like resolution or something but you watch how many movies there's a fire where yeah. where the hero like meets at a fire and it, and it's part of the story and like it just it just works for some reason there seems to be something every action film has to end no matter how complicated the plot no matter what's at stake the end of the world the universe it comes down to two guys fighting in a warehouse and there's nothing I hate more than that. Yeah. And that's why I think that's why I hate action films because I hate the fight because you're like I know who's going to win. Yeah. He's going to take a beating. Yeah. It's going to look like at one point he's going to lose. Yeah. But it's so predictable. That's why um, I don't watch it, but I like the whole concept of Game of Thrones that yeah. that the hero gets killed a lot because I'm like Great, then I'd be on edge. It's at all almost times. become predictable in Game of Thrones now. Uh, if, anybody, if anybody's, it's, it's like it's like on The Walking Dead. The minute someone has finally had their epiphany in life and they realize uh, what's important, they die. And in Game of Thrones, if they're a good person, something hideous is going to happen to them, or they're going to die. Uh, it's like the last time I watched Walking Dead, and uh, and everybody's going, I don't know. Uh, you know, because it ended the season ended with the guy Negan's going to beat one of them with a baseball bat with barbed wire around it. And uh, I'm going. I'm going. I hope to kill half of them, because half of them should have been dead by now. Yeah. You know, I'm. I'm done. Because now it's starting to become like gun smoke, where every week James Arness has a gunfight, but he wins. You know, so it's become very predictable. In yeah, that yeah. Way. I, I, when a fight starts in an action film, I'm like, really? Who are these dumb people that need to watch this? Yeah. And, and I'm. I don't want to say that because my my father-in-law loves it. I asked him once. I'm like, why do you like this? He goes, it's. 
it's he goes, I go to work every day. I got to put up with people's crap. I got to do this. And this is like my outlet. I just watch two guys beat the crap out of each other. And I I go, but it's so predictive and it's so fake because I've, I've watched a million real fights. Yeah. And they last like three seconds. They do. And uh, I've seen MMA fights. Those last like a minute and then they have to, or three minutes or whatever, and then they have to ring a bell. Yeah. Because those guys are physically exhausted. Uh huh. But yet I'm watching an action film and they're fighting for four days. Yeah. And they're running from building top to building top and down the stairs and over cars and then. They're getting concrete smashed over their head and just going, ugh. Yeah, like I I have a friend who's a SWAT team guy and I go, when you chase a guy, because I watch, Uh that's the other thing in movies, like I watch a chase. I ran the 400 meters in, in, uh, in college. And when you run the 400 meters, you run as fast as you can. And in 400 meters, every muscle in your body can't move afterwards. Like you literally like convulse and collapse. We see guys actually collapse after running when they just fall fall down. Your body cannot go anymore. And then I watch these movies and a a guy runs from a cop and he's like running full speed. And then he turns around and fights them. And and like, who are these people? Who are these? And it's just, I hate unrealistic crap like that. I'm like, well, you know, but what you're... Uh, I'm allowed you, to swear on this, he, aren't I? Yeah, oh, I hate it. unrealistic fucking shit like that. Yeah. I, I'm I, so I glad I don't have to fucking talk like that anymore. I don't like it either, but I, I have found sometime in life, I go, I just, there's times when if I have a very stressful day or week or month or decade, and uh, and I go, I just want to see something stupid, you know? And so I'll turn on Fox News. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> and I go this is the MMA of news. This yeah, is fake. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, there's sometimes you go... There's validity in something stupid. I had a college uh, teacher, a, a professor one time, that told me, he goes, it's okay to like shit as long as you know it's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I get that, like liking Baywatch or liking Jerry Springer show or yeah. crap like that. Like, But when they make a movie that's like an action, I don't know. I, I, I get it in maybe a, um, like a Marvel movie yeah. because they're, we're watching imaginary characters. When you're trying to make something realistic, though, I, it just annoys well, me. Well, the, the problem becomes, and is that the uh, the garbage, so to speak, or the escapism, so to speak, all right, then overtakes anything that's going to be realistic or artistically viable, and that stuff can't get made or watched or listened to. That's one of the things that's always bothered me about just very generic action films. You know, or I remember, I remember people trying to convince me that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a good actor. You know, he's a good actor, man, because his movies make money and it's got action. I think it just has to do with the dumbing down of America and yeah. uh, and the dumbing down of the world that has been done. You know, Hollywood never wants to point a finger at itself, yeah. but but Hollywood's responsible for uh, like the deterioration of society, a lot of it. And uh, you can start with MTV and VH1 and all those crappy reality shows. And, sure. And you look at society and, and elevating someone like the Kardashians and having that, you know, people people watch them and, and then want to be them. And and I just see I, I just see a whole new generation of, of losers that just have grown up on this stuff and thinking, oh, you don't have to work for anything and you can be these people. And and it's it, it's it's the example we're given. And it's it's. It's it's yeah, because everybody will give you so many reasons why. Oh, it's the family structure, or it's this, it's fatherless homes. It's let like let's let's fucking take it for what it is. It's it's Hollywood. It's a lot of uh, and I and I'm part of the problem. But uh, like as a comedian, I try to I try to at least you know I was just talking about it earlier about trying to like write good quality jokes and trying yeah. to be intelligent at least. I mean I'm not that smart, but I try to write some some stuff that has substance rather than 
just these idiots that, that oh, there's so much crap out and, and I and it's created like Trump and it's created yeah. this like entertainment based insatiable society that everybody's like I need more I need more I, and and I'm bad about it too where I watch I want pure entertainment like I like Donald Trump on an entertainment value level I think it's fucking amazing it is incredible if he got Sarah Palin as his running mate I'd be the happiest man yeah. in the world just because it would be like. This is awesomely entertaining, uh-huh. but it's also it's my life and my future, and I'm not I'm not a Hillary fan by any means either. Uh, but I'm I'm like, can we please get someone that's serious? I mean, can we yeah. can we stop being ridiculous about this? But America loves we love entertainment so much, and because now with the internet and five thousand channel, we get so much that. I watch movies and two weeks later I forget what I watched. Sure. And people will be like, "Have you ever seen this movie?" And I'll go, "No, no." Then they start explaining. I'm like, "Oh wait, I watched that two weeks ago." Yeah. But as soon as it was over, I was like, "I need to see another movie." Yeah. And I need nothing resonant. Like when I was a comedian coming up, people used to talk about jokes. Yeah. Do you know so and so? He has this joke. What's the joke? And then they tell you the joke. Oh, it's a great joke. I never hear that anymore. No. No one talks about anyone's jokes. They talk about their fame. They talk about the money they have. They talk about what they do with their fame and their money, but they never talk about the funny stuff they do. Sure. You know, there's uh, two things. Uh, uh, first off, I'm one of the few Hillary fans who will say I'm a Hillary fan. Yeah. You know, but it's not fan. I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm looking I'm looking for someone who can do the job. Right. So, and maybe it's my age, the point of life I'm at. I go, we need someone who can run the thing. Yeah. You know, and who has the most experience running the I, thing. Yeah, I look at her like, I, this is how I explain it to people. I, they go, oh, well, you know, Donald's better than the other one. No, he's not. The other one will keep it at the status quo. Yeah. And the status quo right now, as much as people say it sucks, it does suck in some way. There's disparity in wealth. There's a, there are problems. But for the most part, gas is cheap. The economy's good. These are the, fixable problems. Yeah. Currently, the problems we have are fixable problems. The, the, she's not going to change anything. Hillary yeah. Clinton's not going to change the world. She's not going to do one thing. Yeah. Four years from now, it'll be exactly the same as it is. No one's going to be like Hillary was amazing. She she did nothing. She she yeah. she she appeased her own ego. That's yeah. what she's doing. But at least you know it's like handing your kid off to the babysitter. You mm. know she's not going to rape your kid. Yeah. You know where is the other guy? He might be that creepy babysitter that you're like, oh my kid just got fingered. Um, <laughs> Like that, that, that's, that's the problem. Well, you know, I was reading a, uh, uh, I was reading a sociological dissertation on Trump uh, uh, a while back, and they, what, uh, what the uh, author was putting forward is that Trump fans are like wrestling fans. Everybody knows that wrestling is fake. So for them, it's not the outcome, it's the event. It, People who enjoy wrestling. I, I do a joke on stage. I say it's, it's less valid than WrestleMania right now. And if, if te- those idiots like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubin, fucking idiots. Idiots. Yeah. He's the easiest guy to be. I could have beat him in a debate because yeah. I'm a comedian and I know how to, to work a room. Yeah. And, to, and, and I was watching him. I'm like, he's doing simple like open micer shit. Yeah. And also like the way to win an argument when your audience is dumb. And yeah. you rally an audience is what he was doing, and these guys were trying to do it the intelligent way. And me being like of average intelligence and dealing with like Harvard guys and Yale guys, my whole life, I know how to stump them and use comedy to make them look like idiots. Yeah, and they're not; they don't have those skills. They have they have a lot more book smarts than me, and 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 you know they're much more logical or analytical than I am. However, I have this. Uh, 
you know, street smarts where I can where I can fuck with them. And that's all, Rubio and all, and Cruz and all these idiots didn't know how to bend cards. None of them knew how to deal with them. If one of them would have smacked them in the back with a folding chair, America would have been like, I fucking love Marco Rubio. He just hit Donald Trump and his fucking his, his double comb over flew off his head. And yeah. people would be like, I'm now on Rubio's bandwagon. And it's like you've got you got to fight fire with fire. And he, he might actually, because of his, uh, you know, his iconoclastic ways or whatever the fuck he's doing, he might actually do some damage to Hillary. I know I think she's got it won because of the way the Electoral College is set up. Yeah. But I think it's like a no-brainer. But the only thing I can think is that he just throws the biggest curveball that's ever been thrown. And it's just, he just goes, I, I, I'm baffled. But like, I keep thinking, like, on April Fool's Day, Jimmy Kimmel was talking about it, too. And I did the bit before even Kimmel was doing it. But So I don't want to feel like I stole his joke. But I was hoping that Trump was just going to go, ah, yeah. got you all. Yeah. You know, like, ha, ha, ha. And I also kind of am hoping that he gets elected and just gets elected and goes, it was just a, a joke. If this whole thing was just to show you that the whole process is fucked, now let's get down. Like, do here, I'm leaving you guys now yeah. to fix your fucked up system. Yeah. And that's... And resign. That's what... But we know he's not that he's not kind of that. benevolent person, no. so he's, he's not going to do that. He's, he's like... He's anything but uh, benevolent. Yeah, exactly. He's the opposite. But how great would it be if he... Because he did, he, he he did disrupt the system, which is a fucked system. It's flailed, and and if he goes in there and would do that, I'd be like, "Thank you, you've done more for this country than sure. anyone's ever done." He yeah. has the he has the opportunity to, do, but he would never do it. He'd be like, "I'm the ruler of the world." He, uh, you know, it was it was kind of like uh, I, I looked at the field in the Republican Party, and I go, it was like the uh, heavyweight division after in, in the mid '70s. I mean, in the early '70s, you had Frazier and Norton and Ali and all, you know, and uh, all these great fighters. And then in the '70s, you had like Jimmy Young and Larry Holmes, and these guys were just not real heavyweights. And he just show he just showed up and just blew them all away. Yeah. And they didn't. Know, and I think when they say that they mistook, they there's a they're all what they they call themselves principled conservatives. I'm going to say principle with a small p. And what they don't realize is their base doesn't really care about what they care about. Their base is the angry base, the base that wants to throw people out of the country, right. the base that wants to build a wall, right. the base that wants to uh, 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 go back to something that never really existed no, anyway. No. Uh, but that's what they want to do. It's a reactionary base. And they don't realize that their base is getting smaller and smaller yeah. and smaller. As the country grows, they're, the country's growing with the people they hate. Yeah, and it's like so you're becoming a minority, and the only way, and that's why they like somebody so reactionary, because it's just like it's like Iraq. You know, the Sunnis were the were the minority, yeah. and but they took over the country, and and then they were removed from power. So they once they got a chance to take it back, they took it back, and they took it back in a scary way, which is kind of what's happening right now. Sure. Is like these scary people that have been marginalized. Yeah. because of political correctness or whatever it is and their voices haven't been heard at all and no one's heard their side of anything they've just been completely marginalized and pushed out they're like well oh, we're gonna fucking take this back yeah we'll do whatever it takes if it takes a maniac leader and that's how you got nazi germany so you should be scared of of a fucking psychopath like like trump i mean it, it is a, it, you know people i was reading this article from the 1920s about people talking about hitler and he was funny like they all laughed about him, and it was like, "Hey, this little guy with this little mustache, and he's sure. he's saying these crazy things." And but it's resonating with people, and he's finding like 
this 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 common thread with some people. And what people don't realize about about Hitler and Mussolini and uh, and all those people is that they had a pretty big fan base in the United States prior to World War II. There were people that thought that the, because there was a terrible de- depression going on, 30% of the country identified as socialist, like real socialist, yeah. not like uh, I went free college right. socialist, like real socialist state. Uh, and capitalism was dying, yeah. and somehow Mussolini was making Italy work. Uh, Hitler seemed to be bringing uh, Germany back from the throes of, of a mad And there were depression. a lot of people don't realize how many German people lived in the United States. Like there was a time when when uh, America was voting on its language, and we it was between English and German. In St. Louis, Missouri, in 1850, all all ballots were printed in English and German. Wow. There had been a civil war in Central Europe, and the liberals, the people that went overthrow monarchy lost. It was the last kind of great revolutionary kind of civil war in Europe after France and England, all this sort of thing. But they lost and and millions of them hightailed it to the United States. And that's why that's why we have such great beer. You know what's sad? I'm gonna say this it's sad is that uh, we gotta wrap up because oh. I got I got and uh, uh, but I, I know you and uh, this is the second time you and I have talked and, and you can always tell uh, a really great, interesting, fascinating guy. Because sometimes you have somebody in two or three times, you go, well, now what are we going to talk about? <laughs> but uh, we got to have you back. We have tons to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I can go uh, forever with you. And uh, the mark of always a really, really funny guy is a really, really smart guy. So you're going to see a funny guy because he's a smart guy and a funny guy. And he lives in Malibu. And uh, and if I'm nice enough to him, then now that we don't have our old place in Malibu, maybe sure yeah, you can come. come out and stay at the airplane. You can come. We'll, we'll, we'll. <laughs> Trying to get a place with a guest house. Got to get the in-laws out of the house. All right. We will talk definitely. You are at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy all weekend. Houseofcomedy.net. Give your mother the gift of laughter this holiday weekend. And come out and see Eddie Ift at the House of Comedy. You're listening to this American podcast, Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com. We'll be right back. I'm a man. I spell him. Child. And I spell managed boy.